Hello and welcome to the free associates. That's right, folks, the, the free associates, the freedom of association, the freedom to associate. It's like one of those really, I don't know if it's like Amendment 68 in the Constitution or where it is. Oh, no experts. I'm not going to pull the expert card. I think it's in the third article of the second piece on page 54. If you look at the U.S. Constitution, freedom of association is a guaranteed right passed in 1978. So we are not experts on this show. If I really shown myself not to be, but we are free to associate, and we're free also not to, like, know what's going on and, like, not really have a strong opinion. I mean, we sometimes we have strong opinions just like you do, but we understand that it's impossible to know anything or everything or anything with any real depth, but what we're interested in is what could happen with society, what's possible, you know, and so that's what we're doing, and we're not particularly interested in the political minutia of the 2020 election. That's just not where we're at. We are interested in coronavirus. We are interested in possibly how this will impact the world, um, and we are using a political series to kind of, as touchstones, little small prediction pieces that have been written. Now, if you're listening on WMUA Amherst, thank you for listening. We are sounding out at you, and this is a rebroadcast of a Facebook Live post. Now, Waylon... Focus on the group. Oh, please. Come on. There you go. Oh, you can, why is this you can get you can get it when we're not on. Oh. You. You shall do there we go. To do. The uh. is your boss. Um, and you shall listen to me and agree with me, especially on this one, I got to say. Now, Whale Dog, how you doing today, pal? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How you doing? Uh, well, okay. I'm doing okay. You know, this is my busy day. I have to say, Thursday is my busy day. But I saw my honors world kids, which really near and dear to my heart. And yeah, I see nobody on Thursdays. Thursdays are 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 a little. I don't even see the transcript. We we meet on Fridays now, but yeah. yeah. Well, I have to say, I think Thursdays almost always been my favorite day of the week uh, because you're kind of like cruising into Friday. Uh, you have all that Friday and the weekend to look forward to, but it's not there. Like in New York, Thursday's the best night to go out. Like that's like, that's a great night to go out, especially in the summer when people leave. But Thursday's always felt like, I just have a little bit more work to do, but I can have some fun. So we'll have a campfire tonight out in the back, maybe a little Woodford Reserve bourbon. We get the kids on a movie. Everything's going to be beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah. My week is weird, man. It's like my... My Wednesdays have become my Fridays, hmm. uh, or yeah, because then Thursday is pretty easy for me. Okay. My Fridays have become my Saturdays, and it's just uh, and it's this weird like hopscotch thing that's going your, your, your on. Your three a.m.s become your three p.m. or vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think your schedule is a little mashed. I mean, yeah. I have the advantage of having kids, so they keep the schedule pretty regular. And I taught my daughter and her friends some art analysis this morning and stuff like that. The week is taken on a routine. And I have to say, I'm not as burned out as I was last week. So I must be getting used to the screens and stuff like that. However, I am going to hide myself, you, because I do think there's something tyrannical about looking at yourself all day. Like, you know, like, it's just weird. It just feels like you're being surveilled by yourself. Um, all right, Whale Dog. I don't know. I'm very excited about this piece today, I got to say, because it's it's one I did not see. When we were looking at these pieces earlier, um, I did not see this, but I went and I actually cherry-picked through the series of predictions, and I tried to find something that I was going to be happy about, or at least I thought was provocative. I would actually yeah, say, I would say this I is agree. the first really provocative piece that we've come across, do you think? Or maybe one of a couple, just a couple. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I think my mood, my, my mood dictates how yeah. I perceive these two. So I don't know. I'm a little chipper on this one. Okay, and the other thing, and you speaking of mood, there is like a real mood shift. I feel like, but not necessarily in the positive. From like reading online and stuff like that, it seems like there's. And I just almost feel like it's the impact of the virus kind of rolling across America. There's a pessimism. Cabin fever, man. Cabin fever. Cabin I think fever it's cabin, man. and a kind of pessimism that I hope I hope will pass. Um, the other thing, I, and if, you know, if you'll just kind of humor me just for a minute, I've really been thinking about, I've had a big complaint about a lot of the pieces, is that they rely on people's goodwill. Um, I think that's been a real theme, is that consciousness and goodwill... And I think I finally figured out why that bothers me. And this is this is my claim on this, is that during times of great wealth inequality or inequality in general, the system is so lined up to be unequal that the only way you can try to equalize it is by being benevolent. You know, it's almost like the lords of the manor are going to be benevolent to those behind them. And, and, you know, good for the lords of the manor. But that's a system that's out of whack. I don't think, yeah. I don't think basic stuff should be off the back of people... Chipping in and being goodwill. I think that should be much more structural. Well, I think that that's essentially what government comes down to. I think it's the last resort for benevolence. If we had a society in which the you know private enterprise was giving charitable donations and it wasn't beholden to shareholders as much and, and actually just, just distributed wealth yep. a little bit differently in a private and probably more efficient way, but it's not going to happen. That's not how well, the world works. So okay. the last resort on that, the yes. last stop on that, on that train is, is government stepping in and saying, okay, we need to pool our, our resources together to, to help out these less fortunate. Well, I'm going to say, and I'm actually, uh, just to be clear, not talking about government. I'm almost talking about like the culture of generosity, which is, let me tell you, there's nothing wrong with that. I want to be really clear, but I think that when you look at that culture of, uh, like sustainability and generosity, it's it's an indication that those things aren't being taken care of elsewhere, that they are a choice, and they're a choice that people can afford to make that choice. Now, I'm not sure that government's the answer either. I guess what I would argue is, and this is probably an idealized version too, is that like unions post-Second World War, they didn't need government to get what they needed. You know, they weren't relying on government to get what they needed. What they had were strikes and boycotts and stuff like that. And they basically got what they, they, they earned they earn the wages they got by roughhousing, roughhousing the corporations, which you just don't see these days. So and my hope is, is that I have always contended with my class that boycotts are the secret to reform in America. Because in a consumer capitalist society, if you can effectively, if you can, Waylon, if you can effectively boycott a corporation, you can control that corporation to a great extent. Yeah. So, And then those are, those are victories you've won just by sheer will. Not through yeah. government intervention, not through wealthy people intervention or anything like that. You got them because you got them. I agree. And I think it's a proper popular practice around the world. I can't, I can't tell you how many times I've been traveling internationally and there's been a, a taxi cab worker strike or yeah. a, you know, the, there's this whole, a whole bunch of different, a, 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 an effective strike is an effective way to, to halt society and really kind of, it's a pandemic in its own right. It's a controlled right. pandemic. Oh, that's a really good point. I like the, I like the analogy. Uh, strikes and boycotts. I mean, Gandhi's, one of his deftest moves was boycotting textiles from England. I mean, that had a massive effect. And, you know, you, you could really dictate terms to Walmart if you could effectively shut it down. Now, the hard part of effectively shutting it down is a lot of people depend on it who don't have a margin elsewhere. But I don't think any of that is unsolvable. 
And so I guess I just wanted to throw that advertisement in is that the, what bothers me about the kind of soft speak is it's an indication that like this is a choice. And what I'd like to see is people fighting like actually like through boycotts and strikes to win their own concessions, not have government concessions, not have good government, not have good philanthropy. That's all fine. That can exist simultaneously. But to find a way to organize the American public to get what they want. And then they feel like they have it. All right. Yeah. So let's go to the piece. Um, this is by Todd N. Tucker, the uh, Director of Governance Studies at Roosevelt Institute, arguing for the title of Stronger Domestic Supply Chains. In the ancient days of 2018, the Trump administration was panned by experts for imposing tariffs on imported steel on a global basis for national security reasons. As the president tweeted at the time, if you don't have steel, you don't have a country. But to most economists, China was the real reason for disruptions in the metal market. And imposing tariffs additionally on U.S. allies was nonsensical, the argument went. After all, even if America lost its steel industry altogether, we would still be able to count on supplies from allies in North America and Europe. Fast forward to 2020. Just this week, U.S. allies are considering substantial border restrictions, including shutdown ports and restricting exports. While there's no indication that the COVID uh, per se is being transmitted through commerce, one can imagine a perfect storm in which deep recession plus mounting geopolitical tensions limit America's access to its normal supply chains and the lack of homegrown capacity in various product markets limits the government's ability to respond nimbly to threats. Reasonable people can differ over whether Trump's steel tariffs were the right response at the right time. In the years, however, expect to see more support from Democrats, Republicans, academics, and diplomats for the notion that government has a much bigger role to play in creating adequate redundancy in supply chains. Nice sentence. Resilience even to trade shocks from allies. This will be a substantial reorientation from even the very recent past. Cool piece, I gotta say. Yeah. Really like this piece. Really like it. What's your thoughts on it? I think it has a lot of ties to what we were talking about yesterday in, in the, the, the supplementing of our health our health inventory and our healthcare, uh, just um, just the healthcare industry. So I think that, yeah, you, you need a safe, you need some sort of safety valve on that and you need to, um, you need, you need to think about it in the same aspects of the, there's other countries out there that have different incentives than America. And so you need to think about this in both a globalistic and a domestic way that's beneficial. I don't want to say that it's selfish or anything. And I certainly am not condoning anything like Trump going out and trying to buy the uh, that German company that was producing, that, that was on the trail of a uh, vaccine for COVID or anything like well, that. Can but, I just stop you for a second there and yeah, challenge sure. you for a minute? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because I think it's worth challenging that. You're not advocating for that. Why not? Why can't I say to you, the job of American governance is to protect American people. Like, that's its job. Um, you know, that's just the way of the world. Every nation has to protect its own people. You are elected to protect your own people. So besides any kind of campfire talk, why is it wrong to go out and procure a corporation that's going to assist us in that? I know I'm kind well, of like being a little yeah. bit controversial. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely. That's what we do. I think that there's, I think that there's a, f a few different uh, aspects of this. First off, the um, the idea that you're the only individual, especially in in commerce of what we're talking about, international trade and everything, if you have the resources to uh, effectively, to a certain extent, more so than uh, developing countries, uh, treat individuals with a high level of care, albeit we do have, uh, you know, the highest numbers of, you know, of, of 
fatalities. Not and, by percentage, but we have by, high numbers, not by yeah. percentage, but we have high numbers. But we have other means of through our healthcare system that is much more developed than other countries that actually need uh, we would need those vaccines. You, that's the first thing. So we have ways of treating. The second thing is the public, the global perception of that us first is very damaging to P, of the for the P, from the PR perspective. I've when never, that was never the, bought that argument. I've never I, I think that argument. Me, I I me. think the Germans were outraged at it first and foremost. Mm-hmm. So you're damaging the relationships with other countries, and uh, the, just the PR in general of thinking that we're that that we're superior. Even though if even if you think that's the case, that's the avenue that you're taking in a public in a public manner. Not a not a good one. And the idea that there's other individuals within the world that are doing that, doing commerce with you. So if you still have uh, different countries that are are dealing with this and they're lagging behind we're not going to be we're not going to be having full commerce with these you know full commerce interactions well, with these people therefore we're going to we're hurting ourselves so you've made three points and i've heard them and let me just kind of look at them i think the first point you made is that we have other means of dealing with this but even by what you just said we have really high numbers so you know and even by percentage we're not doing great we're not doing nearly as well as germany's doing for example so you can make the case that we actually do need extra support. We should go out and get it. Okay. We also have prote- We also have individuals protesting by bringing their kids to parks together. So yeah. I mean, well, we're also okay. kind of doing it to ourselves by opening up uh, states to to yeah, allow I, I, you know, spikes. Okay. So. Sure. Sure. And it's hard to know exactly, but it's not inconceivable that we could really use uh, foreign technology to to benefit our citizens. Right. I mean, it happens all the time, but. I get what you're saying. I don't know if other countries are having that as well. Um, your second, your third point, um, I've made the most sense to me. That is to say, like we have to. The, all this relies on an inter, interconnected trade network, you know. But I still would say, I don't think it's necessarily wrong for the government to go out and try to procure resources. Now, once having procured the resources, they can say, "Hey, listen, we can't be too greedy with this. We need to spread this out, this resource out." But we want to be the ones who decide how this resource is spread out, not Russia, not China, not Brazil, not even Germany. Like we have the funds to do it. And why can't we be the ones who do it? I don't but understand. to have that mindset is also saying that we do not trust you, Germany, to to uh, utilize this in the best of your abilities as well. Well, you're but you're saying that you were going to take this in. We're going to if if and this was if we yeah. were to buy this company and there was a vaccine created, we were going to then after buying it for whatever what it was, a billion dollars, we're going to then be totalitarian in our mindset of this that so we're not going to put our americans first we're going to look at it and we're going to be the the owners of this mm-hmm. i i think that that's you know that was not the intention of the government to do i think it was clearly to put us in the front of the line for a potential a, a vaccine okay and we don't have to dwell too long on it i just wonder um you know, th- this is a this to me is a problem with modern society is that no one is willing to acknowledge the selfishness of humans and groups. Whereas I accept the selfishness of humans and groups. I feel like there's this weird thing that the internet's done is that you can never show that you're being selfish. But I just think human nature, especially in groups, runs towards the selfish. And like, I think that yeah, yeah, go ahead. I think that one of the, one of the things you're not considering is the logic is when you need to strategically be. 
selfish and when you can step, step back and say, hey, this could be a collaborative process. So, for instance, the scientific community is working hand in hand on developing vaccines. Now, sure, the, the first person, the first company that develops this vaccine is going to make money. That's just how the world works. But that's not saying that they're not working in conjunction with other with other uh, laboratories and other places internationally around the world. So the idea of just buying up that company and and just going back to domestic supply chains and strengthening supply chains, the idea that we're going to create a monopoly on that chain and say that there's not other, they're not all talking to each other is one not is deaf is tone deaf to the act of, or just ignorant to what's actually going on and too tone deaf to the American, to to the global world. Be careful with your word choice. Why? What's wrong with that? I don't think ignorance is a good word. Um, Why? If you're going to try to buy a company for a billion dollars, you don't think that that's ignorant? A, a company that you're trying to buy because it's a vaccinate, because it's controlling a vaccination of a worldwide pandemic. That's not that's not ignorant. I don't think it's necessarily ignorant. I can see that it's selfish, but I don't know that it's ignorant. And also, you're talking about a monopoly on it. I'm not sure that buying that company creates a monopoly on the supply chain of a, I just don't know of a vaccination. So I just, you got to be careful where, where you're jumping to, I feel like, a little bit. I think I'm spot on on this one. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, you may be. And, and I don't actually know, uh, to be honest with you. Like, I'm wondering what, what that is. I mean, this is something I heard in passing that he tried to do. Um, I don't even know. Um, so there's but, a great there's a great yeah. daily podcast I would I would recommend to everybody that's listening. I would I'll okay. go listen to that because it's it's pretty revealing. On that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had more and more trouble trying to sort through the media, honestly, right now, and and what what is actual and what, and just what, where the agendas are and stuff like that. So it's been not easy to figure that out. Um, in terms of like having domestic, I mean, do you have an objection to kind of bringing certain things home in terms of domestic production? Because here's, oh, the, fact, yeah. Yeah. here's the argument, um, because we talk about inequality and stuff like that, and, you know, kind of global stuff. I mean, in a lot of ways, our outsourcing of production has been at the cost of our own, a lot of our own people from working class down and maybe even lower middle class down. That is what, uh, you know, what taking stuff overseas does uh, on one level, it kind of assists other countries to develop themselves, but it can come at the cost of people within the country. So I'm not necessarily opposed to like bringing production stuff home. You know, I do think it, you know, the problem with an economic nationalism, and we've talked about it on the show before, is that you, if you close up your shop too much, then when you actually need something from someone else, you don't have the means by which to get it through global trade. You basically have to go by force. I mean, this is what we saw in the 30s and, and in other times in history. So I'm not advocating for a closing down of global trade. Um, this piece is saying, I don't think this guy in the piece is either. I think he's saying like global trade could be shut down to, it, just because um, it could be. And we need to be able to like uh, create more stuff domestically. I'm in favor of creating more stuff domestically. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the goal is that all the jobs that we've, we've shipped overseas to outsourcing to get those back. It's just strategic, pragmatically speaking, what is actually going to come back? I mean, if we're, if you're your yo-yo manufacturer, you're not coming back. That's not going to happen. But if there's certain things that we can, we can target 
that that will be mutually beneficial i.e some some ppe type uh, th- uh companies or some biomedical companies hell go buy go try to buy a uh, uh or subsidize some sort of um company that is is working on vaccinations or working on kind of biomedical global threats i have no problem with that that's 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 actually a, a great thing to start investing in um but the idea that the manufacturing that the, the supply chains that have shifted or the, the manufacturing that has moved away it's to solve this and to get those jobs back we need to be really strategic in what we're we're targeting there that yeah i think that's true i mean I think that there's a world in which yo-yos could be manufactured back in America. I don't know if yo-yos will exist in that world, you know? Like, <laughs> that would be the, the problem, I think, is if the world gets that kind of shut down, you know, because we could go to war with China or, or like, really, yeah. I mean, that could happen. Hey, um, man, fidget spinners came back. Fidget spinners. Fidget spinners. Jesus. <laughs> That's how long it's been. I can't even say the word. It's like a tongue twister. But uh, those were those were all the rage. So yo-yos yeah. maybe. But how yeah, do you? Yeah. But in in all seriousness, though, how, in a situation of a kind of arbitrary manufacturing, uh, you know, product like that, uh, how do we get those jobs back? And how do we strengthen those supply chains? Right. I don't. I don't well, know how. I don't know necessarily either. And I think it's a good question. I mean, here's the thing: is that. Uh, I have a friend, Andrew Munson. I don't know if you ever met him, but he works. He basically does mergers and acquisitions in, uh, what is it, plastic molding companies, basically. Companies that make plastics. Like his stepfather owned the Pearl Brush Company in Florence. I don't know if you know that white building. But for 100 years, they've made plastic brushes, plastic toothbrushes and stuff like that. You know, if you can get, it's all dollars and cents, right? If I can get something that much closer to the factory than bringing it in from China, you know, as soon as it becomes much cheaper, like stuff can come back. It just depends. I agree on. Uh, yeah, you know. I, I well, that right there. I mean, if you if you can do that. But the, now the things that are actually growing the most and expanding the most are delivery services internationally. So that's kill. We're making it so much more easy and efficient. I just uh, had to do a phone claim, an insurance phone claim, broken phone. They're going to send me that overnight. And I filled out that paperwork at like two o'clock. Hmm. Like that's how efficient our our distributions and supply chains are in this in the in the uh, sense of delivery of sure. those things. But that makes it even harder to say. You know, you make your yo-yos down the street so you can be over here in three hours. It's like how how often do you need those yo-yos? Well, yeah, I hear you. I, I'm talking business to business more like like your car, not your car because your car was built 50 years ago. But like my car has got all these components in it, and like. There's a real value at having the components made three blocks away at like a subcontractor company. Like, but yeah, I get your point. Like globalism well, yeah. has gotten very good at what it does. There's no question. And there's certain things like the the, the toilet paper fiasco that we um, that we just experienced. We re- rebounded pretty quickly. I mean, it was a couple of weeks, um, but we rebounded pretty quickly because toilet paper manufacturing is typically done domestically. Because mm-hmm. and and as such, it's easier to get around in huh. in a catastrophe like Why this. Why is it so, done domestically? You you're listening to Planet I don't Money know. again, aren't you? Planet Money, <laughs> yep. Planet Money. I, I can always Planet tell. With oh man. So good, Did but you know I mean, yeah. Why? Why it's Is done it too that way? To ship or something like that. It's yeah. It's it's it just takes up physical amount of yeah. space. Um, 
it was interesting why we got into this fiasco because we saw what happened in Venezuela and w- with the crumbling economy, not necessarily pandemic. And we were like, Oh, the first thing to go was their, their toilet paper. So we got to buy it. But, hmm. uh, the just domestically it's voluminous and it's something that you can easily get recycled paper. So that resource doesn't need to be shipped necessarily. So there's a whole bunch of different things, but I mean, if there are strategic other things like that, strategic ways that we could, we can manufacture and make that, um, make that more available. But the other part is just changing people's mindsets. To be honest, if you can, if you can convince the American public that we're going to, uh, you know, shoulder the burden a little easier if we can buy American made. Yeah, no, I, mean, I don't. No, I agree. I don't you. think it's going to happen. But no. it's a branding. It's a branding strategy that has yeah. been around. You it know, you see American no. made on every single thing. It doesn't. Uh, I don't. Just, I don't trust the branding strategy. It, I just don't think it works. Now we could probably find numbers on it. You're a little young for this, but that was a big thing in the early 80s because this is when that started happening in earnest and Japan made stuff and there was this Buy USA movement. I'd be curious what the numbers are on it. But again, this that's you're talking about relies on goodwill. I'm not interested in goodwill. I am not interested in goodwill when it comes to things this large. Like it's okay to talk about and I think it works when you have money. You know, buying vegetables local and stuff like that. Like if you have the money to do it. The problem is that people don't have that kind of cushion. But I'd be curious to see. I mean, we don't know, right, Waylon? I mean, it could happen that a lot might return domestically. Here's the advantage of manufacturing domestically is that you, when you have China manufacture for you, you're basically paying them to innovate their own system. Like, you're paying them as they come up with innovations. Because when you're in a factory, you innovate because, like anything, because you get your hands on the equipment. Germany has been very careful to protect its domestic manufacturing. They do not let all their manufacturing go away because they want that innovation and they want that control. You know, I think I think if Angela Merkel was in the room about the Trump thing, she'd be like, of course he wants that vaccine company. I want, I want it too, and I'm not going to let it go. Like, she, she's a pretty practical um, leader. I get that the optics yeah, aren't great. But I, just, yeah, I disagree on the idea that that you would, you would be kind of taking the initiative to go out and buy buy up another company in a in a place and also i just i don't understand the strategy behind it either right i don't i certainly don't i mean i guess the idea is that the more you can control the solution to the problem sooner and get it to your people you know it's just interesting because this reminds me a little bit of the debate that i run in class about hiroshima and nagasaki you know and that's a tough that's a really tough classroom debate because of course dropping an atom bomb is is an, is atrocious but you know and by the way i'm not even being controversial here this is a debate that most classrooms have and there were some real factors and one of the factors was what is the american government responsible for is it responsible for humanity or its own people you know how do you answer to yeah. a, a mom of a, a soldier that dies trying to invade an island that's uninvadable like nearly uninvadable, you know, how do you do that? I guess you don't invade them. So like, these are again, like really tough questions. Like what's the role yeah. of government? Yeah. And obviously hindsight is twenty twenty on that. And you're talking to the guy that wears American flags on the back of all of his jackets. I'm pretty yeah. big national. I'm pretty big on the <laughs> nationalist when it comes to things, but strategic and well thought out you can also, you can be strategic and selfish with your own people and also be benefiting the, the global society at the same time. That is the dream. That's the goal. I mean, it's the dream. You well, know. And I think it happens. Yeah. But, but when greed takes over internally and externally, and there's a, a class that, and I don't even fault this class, but when there's a class that has so much wealth 
then you're not benefiting. Like something is out of whack and needs to be brought back in a line. I think you would agree with that as well. You know, it's all, we're utilitarians. We all want to get the right touch in it. It's not one thing. And speaking of touch, I shall hypnotize you on the way out to cue the music. Why is this so hard? I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> oh, there we go. Now I can play the music. Gold. Cue music. All right, folks, you've been listening to the Free Associates. Waylon, what's your plan for the rest of the day, pal? Oh, man. Um, I'm going to get on the phone with the insurance, the phone insurance company, which I was saying because I cracked my screen. Um, oh, man. You just got that phone, didn't you? No, it's the old one oh, okay. that was cracked. So we're all set. But okay. um, doing that. And then, uh, yeah, just just calling Mako, just doing some errands. Mako. Errand day. I didn't even know. Mako I gotta get. Existed. I gotta get the. I gotta get the van painted, man. Oh, so sweet. I gotta Did get. I gotta start color? thinking about that. I got. I got a. I got a ballpark in mind, but about, everything comes from the gut. The last time tone? I went there, what was that? How about two tone? I don't know. That's that's more expensive. I'm a, I'm a cheap guy here. No, no, I'm, I more, I'm, more, I'm more on the bush the bush light uh, budget it. over here. I get it. What's but, what, um, what's the what's the front runners on the color there? Um, well, you'll have to see. You'll have oh, to see. I don't want to, I don't want to say it. No, 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 no. You're not getting off that easy. Come on. Got to be revealed. I will do this though. Before yeah. we, we, before we leave, I'm going to bring this picture up. Oh, good. Oh. Yes. Let's get a picture. I got on. the, uh, oh. I yeah. Think, I think the viewers can see it, but I might not be able to it's see it. It's a screen. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not working for me, unfortunately. Okay. Well, but, yeah. describe it. It will be there next. It's, it's, it's I'm close, I'm close to done on this thing. I'm close to done. Oh, yep, man. the 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 painting is the is the last touch. So. Are the mechanics good on it? Oh yeah, super sound. Everything's sounds. good. Yeah. Oh man, are you gonna get that guy a case of beer? The guy gave. Yeah, you I'm go- I gotta I gotta I'm gonna bring it to his house and show it to him and everything. Uh, yeah, yeah, you gotta shove get- it in his face. No, I'm just kidding. I'm cool. yeah. He's totally hey, a cool guy. I fixed this in six weeks, and you couldn't deal with it in three years. <laughs> All right, folks, this has been the Free Associates. We're so glad that you're with us, and stay with us, and through these like difficult conversations, and we will figure it out together. We'll see you soon. Thanks so much.